Jewish Money Matters, episode 279, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome back to the show, Ask Yael Friday. Today, we have a lot of questions, especially because I want to get through all the questions that came in before Rosh Hashanah, and I am going to take a break next Friday. So this is going to be it until after Rosh Hashanah. Let's have a little bit of a recap of this week. Monday, we had Colette Brown, Wellness Advocate. What a great episode. Um, If you haven't heard it, go back. You really will be motivated to kind of take stock and look at how you're taking care of your body. You know, I know now it's Elul and we're really taking stock, spiritual stock and taking a good look at how we're taking care of our soul. That is the call of the hour. Agreed. But, you know, sometimes we really... Um, are neglecting the house of the soul. So um, I think it was a really refreshing episode and intelligent episode. I really love Colette's work. I have been a student of Colette before. I encourage you to take a listen. That was Monday's episode. Another exciting thing this week is that I launched a special offer exclusive to my newsletter subscribers. And I'm saying it here because I really believe that most of you, probably 99% of you are in my newsletter. If not, I'm not exactly sure why you're not, but you could do that at yaeltrush.com forward slash newsletter. Either case, If you were reading my emails this week, you know that I launched a new online course, Recession Proof Your Life, and it is awesome. It is really, really awesome. Uh, You will see that I have, or you will notice that I have not talked about this on social media at all. And the reason is that um, I wanted to do something for the real loyal audience base, the people, you know, it's not the people who come to this podcast or who are in my newsletter are the people who've raised their hand and say, you know, I'm part of this, right? Uh, Social media is a big algorithm, you know, play and all the things. And I will be I will be advertising for sure, Recession Proof Your Life over there. I want to make sure that as many people get their hands on this amazing course, it's something different from what I've done before. Um, but contains the same fundamental principles, so many amazing exercises and resources and worksheets. You will love it. And it's also made um, in small sound bites. So anyway, if you haven't signed up yet, which a lot of people already did, you can do that at yaeltrush.com forward slash recession proof. You can learn more about recession proof your life there. You can sign up for yes, wait for it. <laughs> the crazy prize of $18. Yes, I know it's crazy. And if you're in my newsletter, you already heard how my mastermind peers were throwing daggers at me, basically like looks of is this woman crazy? I thought she was the money lady, right? This is at least 127 course. Yeah, they kept arguing with me. And I held my ground because I, I, I wanted to do something sort of private, sort of exclusive before I launched it to the general public and something that would would let you say yes to yourself like you're not putting an obstacle you know uh, I didn't want right now this to be the obstacle I just wanted especially we're in Elul I just wanted you to have this tool and there's a lot in this course not just it's it's not one tool it's 
tons of tools within one course. So if you didn't open my emails, which, hey, I get it, it happens, <laughs> we're, we're all very busy, um, go check out the course, Recession Proof Your Life at yaeltrush.com forward slash recession proof and grab it now for $18 because we are changing that payment button eventually um, and advertising this in social media very soon at a higher price, you know, out to the masses, but not to... Uh, hopefully for you, the loyal audience who's in the newsletter, who's in the podcast, who's raised this, their hand as being people who want transformation, who want to do the work. Hey, you can grab that now for a crazy price of $18. Again, yaeltrush.com forward slash recession proof. Now, let's announce the winner of our giveaway. As you may know, this week, we were also promoting a giveaway. See, it's a lot going on here. And this person will win the book Organized Jewish Life by Rebecca Saltzman, the Organized Jewish Life Planner, and one free month at the basic membership inside Journey to Organization. That's Rebecca's membership. I will probably see you there. It's a lot of fun there. And the winner is Seema Weissman. Seema, you have won the giveaway. Congratulations. It's a great way to start the year, no? I don't know. I never win anything. So somebody tell me how it feels. I don't think I've ever won a raffle or a giveaway in my life. So, hey, um, if you want to give me tips, people, I, I, you know, I've always wanted to win something. I haven't yet. And I do participate in these things. I I admit I do. So anyway, Seema, congratulations. I will send your email address to Rebecca Saltzman, who will be sending you your gifts. Um, all right, so let's pick a reviewer of the week. You know, we do that every Friday. I try to do that every Friday. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes there are no reviews, but no. Today, we actually are going to the Australian Apple platform. We're going all the way to Australia. Remember I told you that Apple has different platforms for um, not, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a different podcast. So if you're in Australia, you g- just see the Apple podcast page for Jewish Jewish Money Matters in Australia, meaning you only see the reviews and ratings of Australia, not the reviews and ratings in the US. For example, in the US, we have, I think, 122 reviews and a rating of 4.9. In Australia, we have two ra- ratings, one review and a five star um, re- review or rating. Yeah, five star. Com- yeah, right. And when I looked at Israel, by the way, I should make a comment. Where's my Israeli audience? I know we have a lot of listeners in Israel. Why are we not leaving reviews? <laughs> I was kind of bummed and disappointed. We got to do something about this. Uh, I mean, I have two ratings, I believe. I don't know. I'm not looking at the page right now, but I believe it's two ratings. And one was like a review from 2016, something like that. I mean, that was a long time ago, a five-star review. But guess what? The second person left a one-star review. So now in Israel, I have a 3.7 stars. I mean, come on, when I know I have a lot of listeners in Israel. Anyway, I don't want to I don't want to rant about this, but if you're in Israel, please like do something nice. If you're a listener and you enjoy this episode, leave a review and rating. And hey, if you're rating is not great, that's fine. But at least tell me why. Leave me a review, right? Like it always helps. So I'd like to hear from you. Anyway, today we're going to Australia and Australia is doing great. Australia. Yes, we only have one review there, but Rifka Ko, who left this review, thank you very much. You're getting rewarded with a 20-minute session with me. What was her review? Rifka Ko says, love it. That's the title of her review. This is my favorite Jewish podcast. I'm, I'm, I am 
Oh, I am being introduced to so many amazing ladies on this podcast, and I love how you tie in Judaism and spirituality in the everyday things, such as business and money talk. Love your attitude about Yiddishkeit and money. Well, Rivka, thank you, and I hope you are still in the audience listening and that we can get together on a call and we'll figure out the time zone thing, you know? We'll make it work. So email me at yael, um, at yaeltrush.com and we'll figure that out or send me a DM on Instagram. I'll send you a calendar to for a link for us to connect. And again, if we have to work... Um, around your schedule and the time difference, we will do so. I look forward to connecting. Now, our first question, as I said, I'm going to tackle every question that came in. So it's going to be a little bit of a, hopefully, I'll, I'll try not to drag it. But let's just go to our first question. That's from Anonymous. And it's regarding the transition into college. I mentioned last week that I wanted to cover this this week. So she says, my oldest daughter is starting college soon. How much financial responsibility should a college student take on? I had zero help and I feel it served me well. And I know that my daughter is more sensitive than I and could get weighed down by knowing the financial burden is mounting. I have an Otma, a UTMA account that I gave to her with an active stock portfolio that she is now in control of. And I explained that this is my contribution and I will help her as I can moving forward. Lots of emotions. Yes, indeed. I am sure lots of emotions. And that's totally normal, right? Totally normal. So first of all, congratulations on sending her off. And also, really, congratulations on the big part of this, which is what you've done so far for her, having invested for her in this UTMA account, this UTMA account. And just for listeners to know, a UTMA account is a custodial account where you've been investing for your child throughout childhood with after-tax dollars. And now at majority of age, she's the owner of this money. And that age, that age of majority depends on the state. It could be 18, it could be 21. Sometimes you could even delay it to 25. But in, in this case, in your case, I guess you've reached that age. And now this is her money, her assets, her investments. So I think it's important to have a conversation with her about what that means and, you know, the financial responsibility of paying taxes over earned income, i.e. the dividends, because, you know, and we talked a little bit about that. But yes, the dividends will be taxed and really of managing that money. So, you know, you ask, like, how much financial responsibility should a college student take on? That's a hard question to answer, right? Um, because it really does depend. And like you said, it served you well, but you are aware that she's different than you. So what I can say about this whole picture, you know, based on the de- what I have, is that communication is going to be key. That's the best gift you can give her. Education, talking to her, being involved. You want to discuss how she wants to manage this money and guide her and give your opinion you know, don't be afraid to do so. I would recommend you go back to episode 264 with Bobby Rebel. She's the author of Launching Financial Grownups. And I would say also get her book as well, just to get some ideas and perspectives and motivation to have these conversations, because I think this is going to be key. I really, my, really my advice here is talk, 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 be involved. Don't just throw her off to figure out herself. I think in a way this 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 is this can be more detrimental than you know having zero financial support like then that that because I what I what I mean is I think you can balance the quote unquote lack of financial support I mean it's not lack it's perhaps relative to other peers right we can balance that with tons of communication of education and guidance I mean meaning like I can perhaps I can give you a lot of money but what can I what I can give you is the tools for life kind of thing right and again you have given her money for this and if that goes 
hand in hand with education on you know how to make these financial choices that is pretty priceless so discuss how she wants to manage those assets questions like you know even ask yourself the question you know do you want to encourage her to keep part of or all of this stock portfolio as her long term savings and and it's you know what are some of the things that she might want to use this money for eventually or now i mean eventually will she maybe want to buy herself her first property with this money right start planting those seeds presenting those ideas having those discussions do you want to encourage her to keep contributing to to this even even if it's a small percentage of what she earns and teach her about the importance of that. Um, if you're concerned about the financial responsibility of paying for college and, or and holding a job, et cetera, I think, again, you have to have a few conversations with her about what the costs are, tuition, living expenses, et cetera, and what are the options for her to get through, right, to, to finance this. Is the money from the Atma what you'd like her to use to pay for all of these things, or would you suggest she take on jobs to help, et cetera? So I can't give you too specific an answer other than, again, talk, talk, talk. Don't be afraid to have several conversations and and for this to be an ongoing conversation with her and to guide her, I think we assume that kids will understand. And although kids are very, very smart, you, we have to remember that it's all new and it's it's education. And, you know, like saying you have to stick to a budget, right, might sound okay, so obvious, but it really isn't. If, if you've never had have had to break that process down into pieces, if you've never had to figure out, wait, what are my expenses? what's my like what does my life cost here in college what's my income how much money am I bringing in from my job and you know is this realistic how do I track how much I spend so that I can cover all my expenses right so now it becomes really real so saying to a kid you have to have a budget or you have to manage your utma what does that mean in bite-sized pieces so the best thing you can do is support her through the process of figuring out where do I get the money to finance my life? How do I do this? How do I think through these decisions and break them into those small pieces? Get in a little bit in the dirt with her and oversee the decision-making process while allowing her, of course, you know, the freedom for mistakes. And that's fine. That's part of the learning. And I, and I think that's where Bubby's book can come in really, really hand, handy. So basically, I guess what I'm saying is don't just hand her the Atma without conversations to support that transition. Conversations on how this money has grown over time and what your expectations and or advice, maybe advice is a better word for it, what those are, right? Um, again, do you want all of it to be for college life or do you want to finance all or most college life another way and keep that for other goals and what might those goals be? These are the questions you should be asking together and then kind of guiding her, helping her stick to the plan, whatever the plan is at the moment. If she says she's going to start off and try one year living off the UPMA funds, but then she's getting a job in year two of college, for example, and, you know, then that's going to require a plan and looking at, at all that. Otherwise, she might find that she blows the entire of my money in one year, right? Which is not what she intended to do, perhaps, right? So talk, talk, talk. That is all I can say. All right. Congratulations. Well done. Um, yes, very well done. It's good that you did that for her and that now she has these assets. Um, again, with the financial responsibility that it entails. Um, but as long as you're there educating her, guiding her, I think you'll find that that is going to be the most important piece, possibly more important than, than you know, 
freeing her from a financial burden. All right. Lily asks inside the Facebook group, Jewish Money Matters, we were just recommended to get our kids whole life insurance packages now as helping them build wealth in the future and a growth fund. So as as something as a growth fund and helping them build wealth in the future, I know you're not a fan. I was wondering why yes or no. And why do many wealthy people are recommending this advice? Okay, yeah, Lily, you're right. I think I don't like it. And I'm pretty sure we have an Ask Yael episode on whole life insurance policies. Oof, I forgot to, um, I forgot to, uh, look it up but maybe I will I I will try to look it up and put it inside the Facebook group but yes we've talked about this before now I haven't heard many wealthy people recommending this advice <laughs> but hey maybe I'm not hanging out with the right wealthy people I don't know I I think there are other better ways to build wealth for your children so I am a firm believer on letting life insurance do what it needs to do which is provide a benefit in the event of death I don't believe in using a policy, life insurance policy as an investment vehicle, not for yourself and not for your children. You might want to refer to episode 272 with um, financial planner Selwyn uh, Gerber. That he's also very, very strong on the opinion uh, on that opinion, right? Um, listen, when you buy a whole insurance life policy, you're going to be paying premiums for decades. And if your cash flow becomes tight or you have to shift to other financial priorities for yourself, which you probably will. That's just a course. That's just life. Right? There are going to be other priorities in raising these children and in supporting your family. Then you know what? Surrendering the policy can be costly and you might not be left with any cash value. Cash value is the money that you should be accumulating through a portion of the premiums um, on this policy. And what, one of the reasons they tout this, these policies as wealth building vehicles is because they say, oh, well, the cash value can grow over time. But the reality is that it grows pretty slow. Um, so again, it's a portion and the rate of return is not all that great. Uh, you want to really get clear on what that is, <laughs> taking into account all the fees that the insurance company takes and the possibility of surrender if you stop paying. So all in all, you are better off taking the entire premium if you want, if you have, if you can do that and just investing that money every month. Going through a vehicle like an insurance company makes no sense to me if what you're looking for is to build wealth. You know, if you buy a uh, whole insurance policy for a newborn. I was looking a little bit, I was doing a little bit of research here, and I found that it usually takes about 15 years for before the cash value equals the premiums paid. So that means you haven't made any money yet. That's just to break even. But let's do a little math. If you were to invest in an UPMA account and 529 college savings plan, if that's what you wanted, and you were getting a return of seven or 8%, right, which is the average stock market return, the amount invested would double in nine to 10 years, double, double, okay. And by the way, how did I figure this out? This is a good trick. If you ever want to figure, um, I figure this out. When does your how do you when do you double your investment? You use the rule of seventy two. It's going to estimate the number of years it takes to double your money at a specified rate of return. So, assuming eight percent return, your money will double in nine years. Seventy two um, divided by eight. So you see, you see, we're talking about breaking even or having your money double here. So again, I would say. Lily, consider an Atma, consider a similar product like an Atma, it's a UTGMA, a 529 if you believe college is in the horizon, or 
a custodial Roth IRA, once your child starts earning income from babysitting at 12 years or 11 years old or from working for you or any other job, you know, as a teenager, lifeguarding at 15 or whatever it is, they can have that. So those are much better options, really, if what you're looking for is investing, especially the Roth IRA or even the Utma account, because it gives you a lot of flexibility. And also because it adds the education component that you are able to teach your child. You can, you're able to show them every time that they put money into the account, you know, first make the choice of how much of that earned money, um, they're going to put into the account and see how the money is growing. So that's, that, that's what I would think. I would really stay away from the whole insurance, um, thing, but again, refer to, Oh, I wish I knew the episode. I'm going to do a little search, but we do have an episode on whole life insurance. And, um, you know, you might want to also uh, listen to episode 272. Uh, I I think there are simpler ways to grow your child's money. It doesn't have to be a complex product that is handled by an insurance company. Just think about it. It's an insurance company. It's It's made for that. So don't make it too complicated. Just look for an investment product to invest for your children, not an insurance product sold to you as an investment product. All right. Tiffany asks, very similar question. I don't know. I guess children are kind of at the forefront of our minds now. It's kind of cute to see. It's kind of special because Tiffany has a very similar question. She asks, for recommendations on how to open investment accounts for children. She just had her first daughter. Is it worth it to use plans like Florida prepaid for college expenses of children? And how do we begin? All right. So a Florida prepaid college plan is one of those. It's something like, I guess, similar to a 529. It's basically you're locking in, um, but it's similar and it's not. Basically, I, I was searching to understand because again, I don't live in Florida, but basically you're locking in college prices and you're kind of prepaying on the future cost of college tuition. And um, when your child is ready for college, then you, I guess you have some coverage there, um, but it's to be used at any Florida college or state university. So again, (laughs) these are very limited, uh, limiting if college is a definite possibility. And in this case, Florida is a very is a definite possibility, then I guess it might make sense. I don't know. I just don't know that one in this day and age can really make that prediction, right? We're talking about the next 18 years of the child's life. Now, if you're a family who really, really believes in college very strongly and you have other things in place in terms of your financial assets, right? And you want to look into a 529 plan, which is for college savings, I would probably do that instead of a Florida prepaid. Because again, why limit the child to being in Florida? Plus the 529 gives you flexibility and the investments that you can make with the plan. Um, Now, the the downside of a 529, sorry, or or of the Florida prepaid is that the money has to be used for college. So you have to understand that. Whereas with the Otma account, which is what our first listener anonymous, um, and did for her daughter is you don't have to use the money for college expenses exclusively. You can use it 
for whatever you want. So you have a lot more flexibility. Your child will have a lot more flexibility. Um, the one, the, the downside with th- with this regarding college is that the money in the UTMA account will definitely impact your child's ability to your his his or her eligibility to for financial aid. So it definitely will have an impact there, which a five twenty nine wouldn't do. So. Again, if you're one of those families who are super set in college and that you see that your child, in addition, is the type who looks like he or she will for sure go to college. And again, you won't know this for a few years. And I would add here the piece that I said before, and your financial house is pretty in order, then it might be a good idea to consider. I'm not opposed to a 529, but I'd say, you know, otherwise hold off on this a bit. Now you had a, just had a baby and I think the priority to should really be to put on your mask first. You will have a lot of financial priorities to take care of, to make sure that you're in good financial in, the, in a good financial position to do the things, you know, to do life with your kids, you know, and, and, and have the, and fund those goals. So I would say wait on this unless, again, you're super certain that college is what you your child will do and you are super set that you have an opportunity fund or an emergency fund and you're also contributing to your retirement and you also are contributing for some medium and long-term goals like you might have. Like, I don't know if you want to buy a property or want to buy a few properties, right? So as your kids are getting older, you can teach them to put money into an UPMA account that you manage, right, for them or into a custodial Roth IRA and listen, if you also want to, if you want to keep, you want to add, you want to open a 529, that's great. Or if you want to put money in a taxable brokerage account that you're kind of earmarking for them later on in life, that's also good. So I don't know that I would necessarily tie myself up into a Florida prepaid. All right. So if that's, I think that's the bottom line of my, the answer, I wouldn't tie myself to that. And I, and as far as beginning, when to begin, I would make sure that I'm taking care of myself first kind of thing um, and consider the different options. All right. Naomi, finally, Naomi asks, um, about investing in Latin America. What are my options to invest? I'm from Latin America. What do you recommend? And what about retirement plans? Okay. So Naomi, and again, Naomi um, asked this question inside the Facebook group, Jewish Money Matters. Investing in Latin America, I would look at eToro or Interactive Brokers. I would look at either of those platforms. Um, They are pretty user-friendly, maybe not as user-friendly as the American ones, I will say. But um, if you've been listening to the show long enough, I think you probably understand a lot of the terms and you could probably navigate the platforms and open um, an account where you can start investing in low-cost exchange-traded funds and start building your, you know, little fund there, your little opportunity fund or big opportunity fund, um, or fund or fund for whatever medium or lo- longer-term goals you have. Um, in terms of retirement plans specifically, so tax advantage accounts for money that is meant to be used in retirement. I would say that I can't give you specific advice, unfortunately, because each country has its own version of this, these, right? So here in America, they, they have, you know, names like 401k and 403b and traditional IRA and Roth IRA, right? And that's not to say that we have the same in other countries. We have, you might have some similar 
options in different countries, but you'd have to see what the options are in your specific country. All right. So sorry about that, but I hope at least you can look at those two platforms so you can get moving on investing. Don't delay that eToro or interactive brokers. And that's a wrap ladies. Monday, I will be back with an amazing episode. The wonderful Rabbi Simon Jacobson will be here with us not to be missed. As I said before, no Ask Yell next Friday, but you can still start sending in your questions and I'll tackle them right after Rosh Hashanah. Um, as I said, I want to be realistic. Some of my kids will be back from school, out of state, this Rosh Hashanah prepping, Shabbat, etc. And, you know, realistic. And by the way, speaking of realistic, yes, be sure to be a part of this pre-sale. Take advantage of the pre-sale of Recession Proof Your Life. I'm so excited about this course. I can't even tell you. Um, it's again, I'm not ever selling this course at this price. It's an awesome course, which I worked really hard to kind of design in a, in a way that was user friendly. And I do plan on continuing to sell it, but never again at this price. You can check out all the details at yelltrush.com forward slash recession proof. And finally, I will take this opportunity, since I'm not going to be here next Friday, to wish you now a sweet and happy and healthy new year. Take care, my friend. Have a Shabbat Shalom.